You're listening to For Fork's Sake, and I'm Beck Perino. Please join me for conversations about the emotional space between why we cook and why we eat and have a forking good time. Food on the mind, food in the heart, food through your device. Social media and blogging are avenues being used more frequently to share one's journey with food. Natalie Cittadino operates the Hungry Greek Instagram page, an awesome interactive love affair with all things food as she eats her way through the best of what Sydney's food scene has to offer. I am bombarded with a sea of food nostalgia every morning as I embark on her latest this or that posts and check the stats to see if my food preferences are in the minority or majority when stacked up against the rest of Nat's followers. Natalie is a force for inducing sentimental cravings as well as keeping her followers informed about what's good to eat in Sydney. Since our high school years, both Natalie and I have journeyed through our adult lives prodding at food culture both locally and globally. I am glad to say that I've reconnected with Natalie over the past couple of years over our love for food and enjoy our frequent chats about Mexican food and cooking adventures. It is an absolute pleasure to have Nat join me for a chat about her love affair with food. Hey, Nat. Hi. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) It is an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to just hang out and have a chat. Yeah, it's really, really great that you've been able to allocate some time to have a chat with me tonight. Um, Always. Yeah, so I like talking about food with you. A good time. Always. I could talk about it until I'm blue in the face. You don't have to ask me twice to start a conversation about food. Yeah, I'm like so glad that I stumbled across your Instagram page, The Hungry Greek, and oh. then discovered that we had this shared passion for food. I mean, yep. you're a pro at it. You're really, really good at <laughs> Seriously, I'm talking the just, I get really sentimental cravings when I look at your posts. I'm not joking. Thank really you. Good. I appreciate that. I think, um, I don't know, I kind of started, like the ball has started to roll really quite intensely. I'm doing it every day now and I find like that's my little break at night. I think about what I want to do the next day and I do actually dig into what I like and what I'm actually curious to see if people will connect with my weird and wacky food combinations or do they remember, you know, an ad that I used to love when I was a kid, all sorts of stuff. So I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yeah, I love it because it's interactive, so it's different. So, yeah. you know, I and I like seeing how I stack up against your other followers. Like <laughs> when I press something, I'm like, oh, I must be really strange if I'm like there's only 20% on my side and yeah, yeah. the rest of your followers are probably like, who are those weirdos that like that? Or, yeah, but seriously, it's good. And you, the way you kind of linked it to pop culture as well and everything, like I, I love it. It's really good. Aww. So we'll talk about The Hungry Greek a little bit more later. Mm. But since I have discovered that we have got this love of food in common, let's start with um, your upbringing because we've had a couple of conversations in the last few weeks about just time with our family as as we were growing up and we've Mm. both got our own families now. So I'd like to hear what the family table was like for you when you were younger and um yeah just any food kind of memories that have stuck with you yeah yeah I think the main thing is always like my grandparents house like my mum and dad they always had the most amazing dishes of my mum's food has a special place in my heart but I think you know food obviously stemmed from my dad's side my yam my papu um their garden was like the typical 
you know, Greek Australian garden, full of fruit, full of vegetables, you know, fig trees, oranges, um, beans, tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplants, you name it, they had it. And it was like a little wonderland for us as kids. You know, I always remember being in the backyard, um, helping them pick stuff straight off the vine and just the flavor of a simple tomato, just straight up. You don't even need anything on it. I used to love summers in the garden with them. So my, you know, youth was just filled with food. And I always say, I blame my ER for being, you know, a very round Greek little girl because (laughs) she always just had food to offer. That's how she showed love. And she even said it. If you only had two plates of food, she'd look at you and just be like, you know, love me, have another plate, you know? So six plates down the line, I'm full and I'm rolling out of the house. And that's how she knew that she actually could show her love and I was content when I was practically throwing up bless her. But, they're all the know, same, aren't they? They're all the same. If you didn't have five scoops, you had to have 10 to show you loved them even more. I don't know. It was it's a beautiful, very sick way of doing it, but I loved every moment. And we were always there. They babysat my sister and I the most. Um and so you know we're always just running around and eating, always in the kitchen with ER. Um And yeah, most of my memories is always just like entering the side of their house through the backyard, then through the kitchen. And she always just had that bread on so you could smell that fresh, you know, bread smell and this specific yogurt dip that's from the region that my dad's family in Greece is from. And always we'd eat like half a loaf of bread with this one dip and you could still eat more after that. But that was my childhood, just constantly eating at Iyamba Pool's place. And I loved it. You just get used to, you just get used to guilt eating as well, don't you? You oh, just yeah. like look at their face and you're terrified not to keep going. So sometimes yep. it's not even your cup of tea, but you find yourself just consuming ridiculous amounts of food just to please your grandparents. And I would, I absolutely would. I would very much incline, like whatever you put in front of me, okay. And she's like, have one more piece of bread. Okay, yeah, I'll have another piece of bread. I love you so much, I'll do it. What was your favourite thing that she used to make? Definitely her bread. Like there's something about even now, like since she's passed, it's like eight years and we're still trying to perfect her recipe. She gave us the recipe But there's just something about her cooking. There's something missing. I don't know if it's just because it's her cooking it or, you know, a secret ingredient she just didn't pass on. But the crust was so crunchy Mm. and the inside was like beyond fluffy, like an absolute cloud. You're just in your mouth and it made me so happy. And you could literally eat half a loaf, not even bat an eyelid and just keep on going. It was the most delicious bread. Um, And that dip, salamura, they're probably my two favourite um dishes that if I could have her back tomorrow and just be at the table with her and eat something it's those two things for sure yeah yum simple but delicious and isn't that what it's all about the simplicity of food like you with your Greek background me with my Italian background it's that they just cooked simple and they used what they had in their garden and somehow they made it magic oh and isn't it annoying that you can't get their recipes right I know. Well, as I said, we did. And it's like still, there's just something, you know, it's just their flair that they would add to it that made it taste different. Like Italian, something as simple as, you know, pasta and broccoli. If a nonna makes pasta and broccoli, it is the most delicious dish you've ever tasted in your bloody life. If I was to try and do pasta and broccoli, it would be just mush and gross, but they just know everything about that little dish to make it sublime. The thing is in that generation is that, 
They didn't measure. They didn't measure anything no. with cups or anything. They just felt everything. So yeah. then when they've tried to pass on their recipes, it we're all sitting there trying to say, oh, two cups, and they're thinking, was it two? Maybe it's about three. I don't know how much it is. I kind of just throw in the bag, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I just know how much yeah. by hand. So, yeah, I think it's a, you to be able to replicate some of these grandparents recipes you really just have to live the experience with them and it'll take time yeah i mean they had like 50 plus years you yeah. know doing the same dish most probably every day like my ER made two three loaves of bread a day so yeah for her Bro. there's no recipe it's like second nature her hands just move the flowers in this that and the other so yeah it was funny when she had to break down the recipe and actually think what she put in it He's like, and a cupa, you know, one cup. And then so we would write one cup, metric cup. We'd make this recipe and it was a hot mess. It was a flat pancake, dense as anything. And it's because her cup, she used to use her hand. Yeah. Bless her. How small is her hand, you know? How do we measure her hand? So when she said, and a cupa, it's literally what falls in her palm so to recreate that it's going to take me forever but we'll keep trying at least (laughs) yeah we do keep trying yep what were your parents like with food with you've got one sister right yeah one sister beck um my parents with food for them it was kind of like my yampa pool like you just make do and did what you had to kind of do with what was left in the fridge and whatever they worked extremely hard had a takeaway shop like most Greeks back in the day. Um, So for them, it wasn't a luxury to sit down at the dinner table every night. It was like, let's just chuck something together. So my mum, we call her the leftover queen. Mm -hmm. Like she will have half a tomato, bit of chicken, bit of this, bit of that, and make the most divine dish out of it. And so, yeah, leftovers for me were always just such an amazing thing to look forward to. Some people hate leftovers. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and my dad stemming from his parents, my grandparents loves food, eats bucket loads of it and appreciates good food. Um, and if he had a choice to stay home and have a home cooked meal or to go out to a restaurant, he would connect most definitely with a nice home cooked meal for sure. So food's everything for us. I think it's the same with anyone from Europe, you know. Were they adventurous when you did go out? Yes. So my parents out of everyone in our family are the most adventurous. Um, you know, they love Asian food because it's quick and um, the flavors you most probably have, you know, garlic and chili and things like that, spring onions, whatever. And it was mainly because it was quick. So we ate a lot of Asian food growing up, whereas not many Greeks that we knew would eat Asian, except for like maybe some dingy takeaway here and there. But yeah, my mom definitely delved into a lot of Oriental food, which was great. Mexican food, she loved to cook. Um, so yeah, it was kind of not the the norm. They're very open in general. They're yeah, like, they've always good. said, even when we were young, at least try something once. If you don't like it, not a problem, but you've got to try everything. That usual, you know, stereotypical thing to say, variety is the spice of life. So they've always been like that, which is great. Yeah, I appreciate well, it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't relate. When I grew up, it was very, the the family table was very, very basic, I reckon, for the first 17 years of my life. Like it wow. took myself and my brothers to 
really explore food and want to share what we had experienced with our parents for them to try anything new. I remember my mum had, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, as you were saying, quick, easy Asian recipes, you know, Mm. stir fries and things like that. Yeah. But other than that, we were used to pasta, eggs poached in sauce that was left over from the pasta the night before. That'll work. But very basic steak, veggies, things like that. So, yeah, I can honestly say that for the, like, my recollections of my childhood were I was always surrounded by really good Italian food. Yeah. But I don't recall my parents ever being adventurous with like taking us to try new cuisines or whatever. So I think I was like in uni before I had even tried like Mexican food. Stop. Which is like my favourite now, as you know. I cook Mexican at least once a week and I'm (gasps) obsessed with all things Mexican to the point that I'll binge watch Taco Chronicles. Amen. Uh, Seriously, I love it. But, yeah, I think I was in uni before I even tried it. So, yeah, my parents had, like, one Chinese restaurant that they would take us to. Yeah. And any other time we went out, it was for wood fire pizza. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are we going out for wood fire pizza when you guys make us wood fire pizza? Like, I just don't understand. So, yeah, we would go to Italian restaurants and one Chinese restaurant. But, yeah, I do just remember being completely immersed in Italian food to the point that I rebelled so bad when I finally was let off that leash and I was allowed to go out and dine out with friends and my boyfriend I was just like I can't I can't do Italian food and I've only just come back to it now as a mother like this is our culture we have to preserve it you know because if I like I can expose my boys to all different cuisines but if I don't if I don't get them eating that Italian food then it's going to be lost. They won't remember yeah. the flavors and the joy that I had as a as a girl, and I had similar experiences to you. I lived next door to my um my nonna nonno on my dad's oh, side for the first twenty I love years. That. So we just had to jump the fence to get to their house, which we did. The side <laughs> fence that separated our house, and yeah, they were the same. They had little things growing, and um, yeah. you know, we'd go just searching for things in the garden that were ready to be picked. and It's like treasure. Yeah, it is, especially when you're really young. You're like, oh, my goodness, is this where food comes from? And you get this beautiful appreciation for produce, especially as as a Mediterranean young person who has grandparents that are exposing you to that. So, yeah, yeah, and my mum's parents, even more so, everything was in the garden. That's all you needed to make a meal. Just that and some pasta, some fresh homemade pasta, and you could go. make an extraordinary meal. So, the best. yeah, but it's interesting. Like I love hearing that um, that your parents were a little bit more adventurous, probably yeah. being of the same generation as my parents mm. who just, yeah, really needed a prod, like a push from us to say, we've got to try something new. We want you to try something new. So, Oh, yeah. Because yeah. my mum my mom like travelled when she was young and, you know, she worked on cruise ships and stuff like that. So she was exposed to different cultures and different restaurants, flavours, people, um, whereas my dad was, you know, good Greek boy, Greek food, you know, from Lewisham, very straight in comparison. So I think it was my mum that kind of brought that eclectic, very eccentric food style to his life, which was quite cool. He was exposed very much because of my mum. 
Um, and if we did go to restaurants, any, you know, fun event coming up, birthdays, anniversaries, they always took us out to a restaurant um, and somewhere different, not Greek restaurants, definitely not Greek restaurants. Um, Italian was very much one of our favorites, you know, cause we love pizza. We love pasta. Um, but yeah, we were open to so much. So very much respect and I'm happy that my parents kind of exposed us from young, I guess. Yeah. It's really great. It set you up for a really good, yeah. good foodie experience. So yeah. Um, I was thinking about things that we now like memories from the past that we're now so emotionally attached to. Like you mentioned your um, grandmother's bread that you've been mm. trying to perfect for many yeah. years. Um, and like I have several obviously that I just pop into my mind. Like today when I was thinking that we we're going to have this chat tonight, mm. I was thinking about how my dad's parents that we live next door to, they weren't actually great cooks, which is rare for Italians. They were simple really? cooks. Really? Like they knew veggies really, really well. Like they could yeah. make veggies taste amazing. But like mm. I don't remember my nonna ever like making pasta by hand or anything, whereas my mum's parents, amazing cooks, like wow. amazing knowledge of food. Um, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like what my nonna made, even though she wasn't yeah. a great cook. It's just something about your nonna making something. That flavour. Yeah. It, I don't know what yeah. it is. Like. Mm. My nonna used to do this weird thing and I can remember it like it was yesterday. I can even remember the exact taste and I probably haven't had it in about, I don't know, like 18 years plus. Like she's passed away a long time ago now. Yeah. But she used to do this thing when we were little and we were growing up and um, she she used to ring our phone three times and then hang up. She used to call it the signale. So no, the phone never got answered in our house unless it went past three rings. That so, is hilarious. So oh, my gosh. that meant that she wanted one of us to meet her at the fence on the side. So, that is so cute. Yeah, so that was our little way of saying, come to the side, I've got something to say or I've got something to give you. That and is one, so cute. One of the things that she used to give us, and I even know the bowl that she used to serve it in, you're going to laugh, she oh. used to make this packet mixed custard. This weird packet mix custard. I reckon she had that same packet from the time she came to Australia until oh. the time she was taken out of her home and into a nursing home. I'm not oh. joking. Oh. But for some reason, she would make this custard. It was never gluggy. There was never one little clump of flour that had a blend into it. Smooth as. Mm. She'd pour it into this plasticky tan-coloured bowl. Always these tan bowls, like the custard bowl. The custard bowl, yeah. And by the time she got it to the fence, it had developed a firm skin over the top. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Now That delicious skin. That skin that most people are repulsed by. Don't tell me. It was a thing of beauty for my brothers Stop. and I. Stop. We used oh. to peel that skin off and oh. eat it first and then <laughs> yeah. eat. I know, you want to vomit, right? Oh. But for some reason, and then the custard below was just silky, smooth, delicious vanilla custard. I was just the amuse-bouche, huh? <laughs> Oh, my word. Yeah. I literally I made my eyes water. <laughs> but for some reason, this stupid custard, um, <laughs> I cannot for the life of me find anything that can replicate that damn flavour. 
Is this vanilla or chocolate we're talking no, about? No, vanilla. Just vanilla. Okay, custard. just plain like, vanilla. I'm telling you now, it's not something <laughs> I would look for today only for the fact that I just want to remember that time. For some reason as kids, that shit was awesome. <laughs> hit the spot. Hit it the really spot. did hit the spot. And that, and I used to love when my little brother would, like, not want the skin. I'd be like, freaking hand it over, mate. More for me. I will take that disgusting shit and I will eat it and I will love it. And anyway, so she used to call several, like, she made some killer veggie dishes, but for the most part everything else was not was not great. But Bless those, her. Those custard bowls in the tan in, in the yeah. tan little plate were epic. And I Delicious. cannot recreate this memory. I don't know what shit she was using. I don't know if she brought it here from, from Italy and had like a, a <laughs> lifetime best before day. Oh, I don't know what it was. That's where the flavour comes from. Probably. And that stupid skin. But <laughs> oh, oh, God, every time you say skin. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I can't recreate it. And I'm sure that if I can get it right, I'm sure that there will be something magic in that cheap and nasty packet mix custard that I yeah. can share with my kids. Amen. I don't know, maybe maybe <laughs> I won't be that cool until I have grandchildren of my own and Aww. I make them something rubbish like that. But I don't know, there's just something, even just for me to sit down and have a bowl of that, custard yeah. would just bring back so many memories and you, do you see how I mentioned that she used to do those three rings like it's all of that it's that I love that it's that recreation so of the moment where I would be like jumping up to reach the bowl that she'd sit on the fence and taking it in and you know my brothers would be like we've got to share or you know and <laughs> Nonna would be like maybe if one of you come here then you can have one here and you don't have to share and we'll be like Oh, babes. See, that gets me right there. I'd love that. Yeah, see, that those were special moments. Yeah. Do you have anything, any memories, like, that you're trying to recreate apart from the bread that you'd like Sophia, your little one, to one day be able to experience as well? Yeah, my gosh. There's so many dishes, honestly. Like, I don't even know where to begin because there's, like, we'd visit her so many times throughout the week. And there'd always be macaronia. So there's like a Greek type of spaghetti, but it's like a tube. Mm. So lots of delicious sauce would get stuck in this tube. And she'd bake meat with it in the in the oven. So those types of dishes I would love. And only recently I'm starting to find out the reason why I can't get it to taste the same is because little herbs like dill, for example, mm. and things called mastika, like certain spices, things that I haven't even been that exposed to recently, like my stick, I wouldn't have a clue, but dill I have. And recently I'm starting to add a little more dill into my Greek dishes. And you can tell just that simple herb makes that Greek taste, you know? Yeah. So yeah, those macaronia with me in the oven, I'd love to recreate. Even how she does her potatoes, like the crunchy skin, delicious inside with oregano and lemon, simple things like that. I love um soups like kotosupa chicken soup with mm-hmm. avo lemono which is that creamy egg sauce that that greeks put throughout so many different soups those comforting dishes you know you can eat it no matter what season of the year and it's just like a hug from the inside it tastes yeah, so delicious know. yeah so things like that yummy star um you know tomatoes stuffed with mince and and rice you know all sorts of vegetables with the same things like that. And I think as you mentioned before, 
now being a mum, I want to recreate these Greek dishes that I had the pleasure. I was kind of spoilt with as a kid because you don't realize how special those dishes are and those flavors are until they're all taken away. You know, I only have one grandparent left. So, and, and, so all those flavors, you know, you're trying to hang on to them mentally and even physically trying to recreate them to get that flavor back. So hopefully in another five, 10, 15 years, <laughs> I can have that flavor down pat. Whereas, you know, so our kids can be like, oh, I can't wait to eat that. And, you know, they'll say the same about our food. So yeah, just the simple dishes, yeah, even as simple as a know. cucumber with salt, Yum. you yeah. know, whenever I eat a cucumber with salt, it always reminds me of my uh Anytime we'd come over straight away, it's like salamura, bread, she'd cut up a cucumber, tomato, a bit of salt, just simple things like that, a little mezze on the table. Yeah. yeah. And just those simple things, it's just, it reminds you of home. It reminds me of your yard. So my nonna used yeah. to cut her fresh tomato from the garden in half and hold a fresh chili in the other hand and take little bites out of both. Like, like it was just so spicy. Cute. I yeah, love she, that. She loved chili, and that was the special something in her sauce. Like you know mm. how everybody, every every Italian person thinks that their yes. nonna makes the best sauce. My nonna's sauce was epic. Just that little hint of chili wasn't enough to upset you when you were little. Yeah. Yep. But it was enough to make you want more when you were older. You're like. Just get the flavor more of that spice in there, nonna. It's just it was so oh, yeah. divine, yeah. So every nonna's sauce is like phenomenal, no matter what is inside. And I love hearing all the tips and tricks. And I, I try to ask every nonna possible if they're open to it, because naturally, some are like they'll kill you; they'll yeah. never tell you the recipe. But whoever's open to telling me, it's just it fascinates me what they put into it, yeah, and it makes amazing. sense like different levels of flavor that they have, it's and the amount of time they cook it for. Yes, like as if we all have five hours, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yes, nonna. When I get home from work, the sauce can only take half hour yeah. max, and she's like, well, yeah. it needs a little bit longer than that to develop the flavors, and a lot of totally. olive oil, a lot of olive oil, more than what yes. you even think that you need. You have to put a lot of olive oil. More, yeah. yeah. So. Well, this is why also they did those pomodoro days, right? They yeah. did those tomato sauce days because you can at least bottle those delicious, you know tomato sauces and have like a year's supply i wish we did that like that greeks probably don't can't be bothered but i don't know i'm i'm more than happy to do it those days so, were magic i'm telling you yeah. it's just something about those early starts just to get mm. otherwise you burn yourself alive in the heat in the aussie heat but yeah something about those days doing the tomatoes is just it's just fun I wish I could experience that. I'd love to see that side, you know. Yeah, you're drinking liquor at like 9 a.m., let's be honest. (laughs) It doesn't matter how old you are. Everyone's doing shots at 9 o'clock because you've already been working for like four or five hours. Yeah, well, if it keeps keeps the train, you know, the line going, the machine rolling, let's do it. I'm all right with that. Yeah, it's really, really fun. (laughs) Hold on to those, you know, make sure your family keeps doing them. Yeah, well, we hope to, at least the salami and things like that, we hope to continue yeah. them. Yeah. It's a little bit hard because with Italians, um, you know, with things like salami, you don't really make it when you've experienced loss. And because my nonna passed away in December last year, we didn't make right. it this year because it's a, it's really a celebration. Like making salami yeah. is not just about the stash for the following year. It's about mm. celebrating life and celebrating family and creating special memories. So when you're kind of for Italians to respect, you know, people that they've lost, especially 
the matriarch of the family who was literally the sure. boss of the salami. You would, <laughs> we wouldn't make it because we know it wouldn't turn out the same because there's yeah. too much sadness. So, yeah, but we will – that's something that I'm sure my family will continue for as long as we possibly can. But Good. Yeah. It's, it's – I was – I want to go back to parenthood just mm. because it's another thing we have in common. And um, I think I've mentioned this to you in the past, but I always reflect upon how with Aurelio, my first, mm. when I started him on solids, I was so obsessed with whole foods and balanced protein and, and getting veggies into him that I started to cook things that didn't come naturally to me. So I'm, as my husband says, I'm just unnaturally just confident in the kitchen. Yeah. And I can make anything taste really decent. But I was finding that, like, I was making um, popetti, so meatballs, with, like, spinach or broccoli in them and hiding veggies left, right and centre. And, you know, my, my, my recipes were changing to adapt to what I thought was a healthy life and a healthy start on food for my little one. Yeah. And what I found was that by the time he was, like, one and he had been on solids for a few months he had no idea really how to enjoy italian food so he wouldn't eat pasta for example and um you know he would eat sauce with meatballs and things like that but it would always be with rice or with quinoa or something like that so i remember just being absolutely devastated when i reflected on our first few months of this beautiful journey of starting solids and i said what am I doing? I'm fairly mm. certain that my mom fed me pastina <laughs> for like the first few months of my life, every meal. Like yep. I'm sure it was just pastina with brodo, like soup, yep. pastina with sauce, pastina with just olive oil and palms and cheese. Yes. That's what we ate when yep. we were kids and it was like the staple. I'm sure she gave me other stuff too, like when she was pureeing food and everything for me. But I just thought this is not the mum. That I would that I want to be like cooking for Aurelio is so much more than just thinking than this mum guilt to get yeah. three veggies in his system every meal and you know do all of these rules that we're taught now as young mums when you know we go off to Ugh. nurses and and mothers groups and whatnot and I just thought this head. is not coming naturally to me and it's actually upsetting me that yep. my child does not know his cultural roots when it comes to food. So mm. I quickly changed my tune and now the boy is obsessed with pasta. It's good. It's great for me. He likes it. He likes lots of foods, but he loves pasta. And I still throw my whole foods twists here and there, things that I've yeah. learned in my own journey. But for the most part, I'm exposing him to everything now, but I'm making Italian food the norm and I'm celebrating it. Good. So you with your family now, how are you feeling about cooking meals for little Sophia and your hubby? What's yeah. your what's your vibe when you're in the kitchen? What what are you feeling? What is your motivation to cook for them? Well, initially like with Sophia, as you said, when you're starting solids, you're so like strung up on making sure you're trying to do everything by the book as such. And you just 
you love this little being so much. You want to make sure that they get fiber, that they get this, that they get that, you know, fruits, vegetables, whatever. Oh my God, too much noise in my head. You know, you're overthinking food simple. As we said, you're overthinking everything for this child. She'll be okay. He'll be okay. You know, you're, we're already eating a pretty decent diet. So initially I was making so many patties and, you know, pre-making pancakes with spinach and all sorts of stuff. I felt very overwhelmed in the kitchen. It was becoming stressful. It wasn't becoming fun at all, you know, and I do have moments like that occasionally because you just get caught up in it. Um, But I've definitely loosened the reins now where most meals she's eating, what we're eating at dinner time. Um, you know, breakfast and lunches, we sit down together, we have meal time at the same time. And she's having a very similar breakfast or lunch to me, because she's now seeing what I'm eating, and she's pointing at my food. So when I was making something completely separate, that took me hours and freezing and, you know, prepping and whatever, I'd put it in front of her, and she just constantly point at my food. So just have what I'm having, I'm eating a decent meal. Anyway, I'm not eating garbage. So now it's become a lot more relaxed and I am cooking the food that I would usually, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'm finding a lot more joy and I think she's enjoying it a lot more too. You know, seeing that child with the chicken drumstick the other night was the happiest moment of her life, you know, and for me too, because we're all sitting and enjoying it. It's getting messy and dirty and just lapping it up. So now it's just trying to focus on making sure she just has the same stuff as us um and yeah enjoying the simple foods that my mom and dad used to prepare for us you know make it quick make it easy the kids at the end of the day they're gonna eat it you know they don't overthink food as much as we do now so I'm finding time in the kitchen to prep food for Sophia and and Eric is always happy and and joyful most of the time yeah wait until she gets a little bit older and then she starts spitting it out and then she starts throwing it on the floor (laughs) I know everyone keeps telling me this and I'm like oh my goodness because it 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 is such a deep love that I I'm trying to translate through to her when I cook and I even say that to Eric when I ask him you know what do you think of this and all the flavor of this I put a little bit of this in there you know I like to experiment and do different (laughs) things and for him Eric relationship with food is very simple it's nice or it's not nice you know he's very simple and plain like that bless him love it don't change it for the world you know so I think if I can make a dish that makes him talk a little bit more about it, you know, further than it's good or not good, I'm winning and I'm so ecstatic. So, you know, the other day I'm, I'm trying to perfect gnocchi and he's saying, you know, this batch is much better, you know, the flavour of the sauce is really good. That's when I know I'm like, yes, I'm getting through. You know, I've done something good and, yeah, it brings me so much happiness, like yeah, so much yeah. happiness when they're talking more about food. So can't wait until Sophia can do that I guess eventually I'm a bit of a sick individual I just stare at Daniel for a while while he's eating and I just watch his face and I'm just like trying (laughs) to figure out is he enjoying this or is he's like you're gonna eat I'm like yeah yeah I'm just waiting to see you eat first yeah I just want to see no I honestly I must say I'm blessed with a husband who is obsessed with everything I put in front of him And I could just be like letting off the F-bomb, every single profanity under the sun going, I stuffed it up and I just tried so hard to make this dish perfect for the family and I'll just be, seriously, I'll be a mess sometimes and he'll be coming and he'll just taste it and be like, this is mad. I'm like, it's all burnt. It's like, I love it. It's like caramelized. (laughs) He's just one of these guys who just appreciates 
how much time and effort I put into things. But I must admit now that Aurelio is a little bit older, it mm. is the love has not left, but there's a little bit of anxiety that's crept into every bit of meal prep. Oh, really? Yeah, it's become a like, um, I get like, because I do, I plan for the week ahead, um, yeah. especially during these lockdown times mm. where I need to do groceries to get delivered early in advance and order from my meat people and my fish people and whatnot. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I have to plan. Like, whereas before I just, especially being on leave with my two little mm. ones, I just fly by the seat of my pants. Oh, I'm like, what have yeah. I got? Yeah, let's throw it together. Yeah, this would be mm. awesome. But now I really feel like I have to plan ahead. And that is always now like, oh, what's sort of you're going to eat? Like my little Marcello, he's still at that age where, Food is just so exciting and he's just learning about all different flavours and he loves everything and it's very cute. And I reminisce about when Aurelio was like that and I'm like, now you just... So I'm always finding it... It it can be a little bit stifling for a creative in the kitchen when you're still got your number one love, your husband, that you always Mm -hmm. want to please with the meal. And then sometimes you've you've looked at your, your meals and you're like, the past few nights have been very, very, very simple food and very boring and not exactly my standard. <laughs> but yeah, with kids, it makes it really hard, especially when they do develop their personalities and their likes and oh. dislikes. And I'm such a firm mum because I remember my mum was too. But one thing that would break me would be to send my kid to bed hungry. Like I know, same, same, same. There's nothing worse. That's when you. Uh, I would feel like I've failed, you know, if they're hungry. That's the one thing that you look forward to as well as a mum and as food lovers. You want to cook your whole heart, soul, everything goes into each meal. You know, you're not going to serve them cereal for dinner. You've mm. taken the time, you know, to prep something. Sophia was actually the same tonight, you know, cooked a delicious lemon you know greek chicken and we had roasted vegetables amazing salad didn't want a bar of it mm. did not want and she usually loves chicken loves vegetables you know laps that up not a problem tonight not a fan so guess what she had crossfit with some cottage cheese end of story never seen her so happy all over her face all over herself cheering but sometimes so she's just got to take that as a victory you got something into I, the system I do because she was content. She ate the whole thing. She drank heaps of water. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. And tomorrow she'll be back to normal. They have off days too, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I did take it personally tonight. Let's be real. I was really upset. It's hard not to. Because <laughs> I, I made like an amazing chicken and the veggies were amazing. But it just wasn't in the spot for her. So, all right, not a problem. It happens. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> Yep, you just got to just take every day as it comes when you've got kids and especially when it comes to food. And, yeah, I found that, like, for me, I just I just do get contentment about knowing that they've had something healthy put in their system. Yep. So I'm just, okay, I'm at peace. I'm, Dan and I are just at that point now where we've had enough experience to know that Marcella will probably go through this too. So now I'm like, if I'm going to cook a mad meal, I'm not going to let you guys spoil it. I put a lot of love into this. Exactly. and I are going to enjoy it. And I don't care if you have Greek yogurt and chia pudding for dinner. I don't care. Amen. You eat it's it. It's true. It's healthy. It's nutrient dense. It'll fill your little tummies and stuff. Yes, we'll eat the nice meal. Exactly. <laughs> awesome buckle for us. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Lamb shakes for us. Thank you. <laughs> I totally agree. I think because we're going to take it too seriously and to heart. And at the end of the day, they're just kids. They're going through a phase when they're a little bit older. 
they'll smash our food. They won't think twice about it and they'll have two, three plates, not a problem. You'll yeah. say there's not enough, calm down, that's all you're getting. So no, Think about me and my grocery bills. I've got boys. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. And I I've know. got a very hungry husband. So. And I wonder, yeah, with your little uh, little belly, what's in there? Probably another, that's another boy. boy. Yeah. yeah. To add to it. Imagine that first testosterone surge that they get. Oh, my god. They're goodness. all the same, like around the same age, and there's only 16 months between them. So, wow. Yeah, that first, um, that first hit of testosterone is really going to push me to limits. I think I'm just going to be throwing bananas at their heads. You go, have a banana, have a mango. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you poor thing. Lots of meat in your household, no doubt. And loaves of bread, loaves of bread. Yeah, I know. I've got a Costco membership if you need help. <laughs> oh, I, I may have to take you up on that. I just might as well get myself a, a membership, seriously. So good. So, so good. I'm yeah, telling you. The big bulk fan. buying will really help in this household. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really nice that we can talk in such a positive light about our experiences with food. And mm. I know that um, my relationship with food now is for the most part very good but I did have some years and I think there's still a bit of residual stuff that still lingers I had some years of painful experiences with food and I don't know why I don't know if it's because I was well fed as a little one and um, did enjoy the Mediterranean diet to extent that I didn't really understand moderation um But I think I did, I was always very active, but I think I did have like a bit of a warped perception of myself. I was always on the thicker side, but I was very Mm. athletic. Um, But I now attribute a good chunk of my life to painful memories around food. Like I remember moments of just point blank refusing food. I remember a good six months where I, um, I went totally vegetarian. Like I was like, which is completely against the person that I am. Let's be real. I'm a carnivore to the core. Um, yeah. But like for for ways of controlling my parents and how they were feeding me, I'd be like, no, I'm vegetarian now. Or I'd always right. do something a bit rebellious. So there's a bit of pain there when I think of food for a portion of my life. Have you ever experienced any negative um, like any negative relationship with food or has it always been this beautiful and positive? Gosh, no. I think I think every girl, I would say probably 99.9% of women out there has had a very interesting relationship with food. Um, and for me, as I mentioned before, my I used to feed me very well and I would very much incline those six plates of food. Um, <laughs> I never held back. I always indulged my family was very open and loved food. So at home, we'd always have, you know, chips and cakes and we'd eat very well and well-balanced meals, but my problem was portion control. So I'd have two plates, three plates of food. Cause that's just what I had been trained from when I was a young girl at Yaya's place, right? One plate of food never existed. That yeah. just never happened. Well, you weren't celebrated, were you? <laughs> Absolutely. No one cheated Absolutely. if you only had one plate. <laughs> Well, I didn't love Yaya if I had one plate. I loved Yaya if I had six. So six is what I had, bare minimum, every meal, okay? So (laughs) that was my life. So I ended up being, as I said, well-rounded throughout the majority of my high school life. Only until year 10, I started to lose weight, went overseas, you know, and saw people in Greece, my age, girls my age, in bikinis and things like that. I was always in board shorts and rashy Mm. shirts because – 
chafing was real for me and you know, I felt like a bit of a whale on the beach. Oh. So I very rarely, if ever, wore bikinis as a young girl. Um, so when I came back, I kind of just started my own journey losing weight. Um, and that was solely 90% of it was just portion control. So yeah. I literally yeah. cut six meals down to three, you know, and six plates down to three plates and I'd start being more active. I just wasn't active enough either. So my relationship with food started off good. And once I started to gain control over my weight loss and I started seeing results, you start hearing people complimenting you and in shock of how much you've lost. Like I lost about 25 kilos. So it was a lot of weight Um, and you're looking good. You're getting attention. You start thinking this is great. (laughs) You know, I can only have one plate of food, a little bit of veg, a little bit of meat, whatever, one slice of bread, if that, if I was to have that. And so the control element started to creep in and then the control kind of took over the food and it got to a stage where I was like 52 kilos or something like that, really, really thin. Um, And I remember being at home one day and my mom, they didn't know how to really talk about it, my parents. Mm -hmm. They were happy that I lost the weight. I seemed a lot happier, obviously um confidence boosted but they didn't know how to talk about okay you're good now maintain it at a healthy level like you need to eat a bigger breakfast like you should maybe start thinking of adding x y and z to your next meal or something you know because they didn't really know food um when it comes to new nutrition side of things you know you they just knew food as something on your plate that you eat, give you energy, sustain you, end of story. But nutritionally, that conversation just never happened with me. So there was one stage where mum, you know, hugged me good morning or whatever. And she's like, Nat, you're just a bag of bones. Like, this isn't good. You need to start looking into something, but you can't like stop losing weight. You just need to stop losing weight, end of story. And that kind of just was the biggest slap in the face for me because you know your body and I could tell like I was pretty thin but I was just so keen on fitting into a certain size and staying in that size that I was so conscious of everything that went into my mouth and I just kept like eating less and less and less to make sure I would just never go over and tip the scales into this number or you know tip the scales so that I fit into a certain size like I would just never get to that size again because it was a traumatic time in my life Mm. I was so severely bullied in primary school and early high school, I just did not want to ever go back there. So for me, being able to control what I could eat and make sure that I could stay where I needed to stay to be happy within myself, I would do anything for that. But then, you know, life goes on, you meet the right people, you start learning a bit more and my relationship with food became awesome again, you know, and now it's more about health and um educating yourself with what is good and bad for your system and and just moving exercising that was just never a thing for me when I was younger so food and exercise hand in hand nowadays which is good yeah um, yeah so now it's very much positive but yeah, we all go through phases and that was my huge speed hump you know so yeah. we're all good now that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I obviously went through something similar, but for me, the thing that really annoys me about this whole diet culture and young mm. girls who have this warped perception of themselves is if you come from an awesome cultural background, some of mm. those experiences can just be 
poisonous for your relationship with your cultural food, with your cultural yeah. diet. And yeah. yeah, I remember like for so long, I would be like, this is your fault, mum and dad, that I have this problem because, you know, Italian food is not good for you. We're not, we shouldn't be <laughs> eating that many carbs and whatnot. And yeah. it's taken me such a long time to realize and to appreciate that the Mediterranean diet is perfect. It's, it's not, the best it's, diet. It's not flawed in any way. Um, yeah, and it is well balanced. I just think maybe our parents or us, I don't know. I just think I, I think my parents just weren't educated to, to that degree and, you know, once again it's that conversation. They should, you know, should have stepped in and be like, Nat, you know, two plates is perfectly fine. Like are you feeling a bit full? I would have definitely said yes. Yeah, and yeah. they should have just intercepted and be like, well, that's plenty, you know, you don't want to feel sick this, that, and the other. Just a simple conversation could have started a completely different part, you know, but they just wanted to see me happy. Yeah. So yeah. another spoonful. Well, yeah, exactly. And because yeah. that was what life was like for them, they were, yeah. you know, celebrated for eating more. So naturally mm-hmm. they were going to celebrate us. And you know what? I even do that a little bit now. I'm like, patiamo le manini when everybody eats a lot. And I'm, it's I'm all like, about clapping there. It's all about balance, you know, have a little binge here and there, but it's more about don't binge and then throw up or don't binge every night, you know, all sorts of things, you know, and I think now it's awesome. 2021, we're talking more and more about that. Our parents' generation, you probably didn't hear conversations about bulimia, eating disorders, Mm -hmm. anorexia, you know, that just wasn't spoken about. Yeah, exactly. So just got to talk to each other look out for each other and educate yeah so true um well I love that we've both had a bit of a journey there with food because I think it makes us appreciate food a little bit more especially if you did deprive yourself a little bit for a certain Mm. period of your life um but I am seeing your joy and your love for food and just your knowledge as well in The Hungry Greek. It, like, Aww. honestly, it is a great page, Nat. Like, it's, everyone that I've spoken to that follows your page um, talks about how great it is to be able to, like I said before, interact and see, you know, how we play out against your other followers. And there, it's just so genuine. It's not like other food blogs. Like, there are plenty out there and there are plenty of good ones. But yeah. Um, I mean, it is great. So we can see that you're a creative as well. We can see Thanks. that you really do love food and mm. you take us all on a bit of a nostalgic journey every morning. Like I know Thanks. I like sitting there with my coffee. Sometimes my coffee is cold, but I like sitting there with my little espresso and I like, yep. you know, going through your this or that and I like the nostalgia that comes with it and the memories that pour in. Um so yeah, it's almost like you get an opportunity to reminisce a little bit too. Yes. So tell me why you you started it. I think um I always like my personal Instagram, I started off as like most of the photos were just food and you know things at home that were cooking or whatever, because that's like my life is food and story. And it got to a stage where you know the food kind of phased out and it'd be people in my life, but I would still the majority of it was dishes and some people were passing comments like friends and they're like, Oh my God, another dish or another pasta now. Like, is that all you upload food, 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 food. And (laughs) I didn't want to bother people with my 
food if, if certain friends didn't want to view it. That's okay. But I feel like there's so many other people out there that love food like I do. So I just created a different space where I can just spam everyone with food and they'd be okay with it because they're choosing to kind of live in the hungry Greeks world. They want to know what she's eating. They want to, you know, see what weird combinations I'm open to or have different discussions about all sorts of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm so open. So yeah, I just created a different safe environment for me and my little foodies to just talk everything about food. And I could literally just scroll for days looking at dishes and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I could kind of vent everything food and not bother people, <laughs> basically. Well, you're not bothering any of us. It's mad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So I enjoy it. It's something I look forward to. And um, yeah, I, I really look forward to making content for people. And it's nice that the feedback's been really positive and people are enjoying the games and the, the places that I've been to. You know, they're discovering new things. The most fun thing I think now for me is people are sending me food to try. Like they're actually interested in what I have to say about something that they've cooked, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, they're sending me products to try. It's just awesome. I just didn't even think I'd get to that. I just enjoy like talking about food and posting food. So it's nice that people actually care about what I have to say. And yeah, it's good fun. I like it. Yeah. It's a it's a good it's a good obsession. It's a good little thing to be working it is. on. You say yourself My doing it long term, like keep going with it for a while. Well, yeah, why not? Because food's always going to be there for me, and if people are open to still talking about it, and you know, just generally chit chatting about it, like people ask me all the time now, which is awesome. You know, where can I get a good cake now? And is there a place that you recommend for this or whatever? I've got a birthday coming up and they're like this, that, and the other. What do you think I could send them, especially now in lockdown? So it's nice that people actually care about my opinion with where to go as well. Like they trust where I've been or products that I've used. So I'm happy to send that out there and, and help people out. So yeah it's good you've got great suggestions and i like talking about the up-and-coming places that are opening up when we finally get out of this lockdown we can go and try a few of them the list is so long now i cannot wait to break free isn't it like we're stuck in our lgas we can't even go out and get things like even takeaway at the moment from some of these awesome places i'm just like i know i'm gonna be like a pit bull on a leash just let me out let me (laughs) me too i feel like i've saved a lot of money during lockdown but it's also going to be very well spent because the list of places I need to try just further than five kilometers mate just you wait Sydney I'm gonna like highly invest in so many places yeah I don't care about my waistline it is what it is let it be life's too short let's just get our knife and fork and start eating that's all I want I'm there I'm like I'm pregnant so I don't give a shit right now (laughs) like I'll just deal with that after the baby the baby is hungry I exactly. make big babies. They are hungry babies. <laughs> Feed. Feed and <laughs> nourish. Feed and nourish. <laughs> well, this has just been an awesome way to end our little chat tonight. I think there's only one more thing that I want to ask you, Nat, before I let you take off for the evening. Um, in considering everything that we've spoken about, just to sum up, how would you describe the place that food has in your life? Food is life, as I've said multiple times. So food will always take precedence over anything. It makes me happy. It comforts me when I'm sad. It's it's just always there for me. It's my best friend. 
and I'm a big fan of it. It's <laughs> so a security blanket, not <laughs> it is my security blanket. It's my blanket of love and care and affection and just everything. It just makes me happy. And I think the journey that I've been on with food, I am making food in all seriousness priority because it can make and break a life. And I want my family to be confident and healthy and strong with the food that I put out there for them. Yeah, so yeah. I love food and food loves me. Oh yeah. It loves me too. <laughs> I love it. Moment on the loop for lifetime. <laughs> so really stupid. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> yes. All right, Nat. Well, you are an absolute legend. Keep doing your thing on The Hungry Greek because I love it and your suggestions Thank are great. You. Your content is awesome and I just see it just taking Sydney and Australia and beyond by storm even more as you just explore all of oh. this beautiful nostalgia and sentimentality. So it's been really awesome and I love that we've really connected over our love for food. So it's been good. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. It's always good fun chatting. <laughs> Thanks, Nat. Have a good night. Much love. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with me, you can reach out on my socials at For Fork's Sake Podcast. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can even drop me an email for Fork's Sake Podcast at gmail.com.